This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app, live or on demand. And we are live from the Wicked We, or excuse me, from the Ingalls studio. Excuse there you me. go. I, I, it's Friday. Trying to get on the right track here from the Ingalls studio. You better wake up because we got a long night ahead of us. <laughs> we do. Uh, yeah, we do. I'm really excited about that as well. Going to get back to get back to normal here. Get back out with the people. Concert going has resumed. Uh, this will be my first concert in two years. And I plan on getting straight up just 1998 at Edwin McCain tonight. And I cannot wait. <laughs> straight up 1998 drunk? Well, I would have been 11. So I'm yeah, going to go with no. no. <laughs> unless I'm going to even. A, I wasn't even of legal age in 1998. I was about to say, unless I'm going to have a juicy juice and a nap, then no, I don't think I will be going full 1998 at Edwin McCain this evening. <laughs> Edwin McCain playing out at uh, Silverado's tonight in Black Mountains, right across from the Ingalls Warehouse. And uh, it's the opener of the 2021 Outdoor Concert Series by Silverado's. We will be there. Yep. Uh, Josh and Ariel will be there. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be a full iHeart night of fun at Edwin McCain. It is. I can't wait. The uh, gates open at 5 o'clock. Show starts at 7 o'clock. And Edwin McCain closing out the show tonight. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. I want to see everybody out there get your tickets right now at SilveradosWNC.com. Silverados out in Black Mountain 2021 Outdoor Concert Series. This hour of our program, as always, brought to you by Ingles. Low prices. Love the savings. And uh, like we said, Silverados right across from the Ingles Warehouse there in uh, there in Black Mountain. Uh Obviously, last night, the big story in sports, LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers going home. So what you're saying is Jeremy was right, parentheses, again. 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 Sons in six, you called it from the beginning. If Anthony Davis had been healthy for this series, though, they it still would lost. not have gone down this They're way. They're still lost. Because if mm. Anthony Davis is healthy, then you have to give me Chris Paul back. Yeah, and so I feel just right about that. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, Anthony Davis was not going to be guarding Devin Booker. No, he wasn't. And and and, and Devin Booker was unfreaking believable last night. Forty seven points. He had twenty two in the first quarter. The dude hit eight out of ten three pointers last night. Uh, and uh, the only thing that I could continue to think watching Devin Booker go off in the first round of the playoffs, lifting the Phoenix Suns to the next round of the playoffs, was we drafted Frank Kaminsky instead of him. Yep. Charlotte Hornets killing me all the time. He was the one I wanted, too. Four picks ahead of Devin Booker. The Charlotte Hornets drafted Frank Kaminsky. I feel like Devin Booker may be the most underappreciated superstar in the NBA. And I don't know if it's because he plays in Phoenix. I don't know if it's because he's very unassuming in the media. I don't know. Underappreciated. 
He's a hundred. All right, in the yeah. in the pantheon of the NBA, he is the blank best player. Oh, top top fifteen. Wow, you don't underappreciate him, but I feel like most people would have said, "Oh, I don't know, like top twenty-five or 30. Yeah, because I think you're right at fifteen. I th- I think he's right in that group. I do too. He's also twenty-four yeah, years I, old. Which I, I, every time I see that, it's like it just slaps me and goes, "Oh yeah, he hadn't been in the league but for like an hour." Now, right? He he hasn't been in the league long, so people will say, "Oh well, he hasn't earned that top fifteen status yet." Uh, I believe I believe this year and last night's performance puts him in that group. I've always had high hopes for him. Like I said, he was the guy that I wanted in that draft when the Charlotte Hornets decided to take Frank Kaminsky instead. Um, hey, he's on the Suns team too. He <laughs> right. doesn't quite have the same impact. Not, but. not quite. Uh, but ever since he put up seventy in a game, I mean, yeah, Devin Booker's special. He's very good at basketball. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, we have to resist the urge to do what every other show is doing today. Is this the end for LeBron? It's not the end for LeBron. I want everybody to stop that. This this isn't over. Define define it's not the end. Because I have a feeling I'm going to disagree with you aggressively. Uh, he still has at least three years, I would say. Can of, he win another title? It depends. No. No, no, no. It depends that, on what else they can add this to that works. team. This is grand jury rules. It's yes or no. <laughs> yes, then I will say yes. I will say no. If you put it to me, I will say yes. There's still a possibility that LeBron James will take home another title before he retires from the game. I disagree. They still have Anthony Davis. If Anthony Davis can ever stay healthy. Yeah, whose bones are made of glass yeah. and his skin is made I, of paper. I understand. So I, um, I would love to know who cleared him to play last night. Yeah. <sighs> Do you think it, it was, was... Was it Dr. Nick from The Simpsons? <laughs> Hi, everybody! Or Dr. Oz. Or Dr. Hartman from Family Guy. <laughs> I think you can play. Yeah, somebody cleared him to play, and he played all of five minutes and then went, oh, my groin hurts, I gotta go. Because you shouldn't play in the first place. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, let's be really honest here. Look at the way the Lakers are currently constituted. I have said on our morning show, The Sportsocracy, live on YouTube every weekday morning, 9 a.m. on YouTube. Find us at The Sportsocracy. Mm-hmm. I've said that this is my rule with how I pick NBA series. If it takes me more than a breath to explain how you're going to win, I'm probably not going to pick you. Because I looked at Phoenix in this series and I went, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul, period. Done. Seven words and I'm out. The Lakers, it was LeBron and AD need to be as good as they can be. And I needed one of Devin, Dennis Schroeder, KCP, Kyle Kuzma, yada, 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 to be really good. Right. You see how that was very wordy? Mm-hmm. That was the problem I had with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Because LeBron, at this point, looks 36 years old. Yes, he he does. doesn't get to the rim the same way he used to. He even admitted that. That's not a spicy hot take. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. That's where it is. If you love him, more power to you. He's been in the league 17 years. So we are where we are. And I just look at it and go, I don't think he can be the best player on a championship-level team anymore because I don't think his body can take the beating of trying to be that player at yeah. what will be 37 years old next yeah. year. I think he can still be the leader of a championship team. Not sure about best player. I mean, I think as long as LeBron's in the league, he's always going to be considered one of the best players in the league just because of all the things that he has accomplished in his career. I think people want to glaze over that when they talk about LeBron James. I don't know why that is. 
I guess this is because if you've been a LeBron hater, you're always going to be a LeBron hater. And I'm not a LeBron hater. No, I'm not saying you are. What I'm saying is there are people out there who are ignoring all of the things, like the legacy talk. I have heard more people have this legacy discussion on Facebook groups and Twitter uh, threads and all this stuff about, oh, well, LeBron James loses in the first round of the playoffs. Never saw Michael do that after he won a championship. Uh, No, he did it a bunch of times. Early. Yeah, he did it all before he got, you know, before Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan came into their own as a duo. And started winning championships. They oh, yeah. won three it, championships, took two years off, and then won three more championships. There was also that fun year with the Wizards that nobody seems to want to talk uh-huh. about. Uh-huh. Everybody wants to gloss over all of that. LeBron James 14-1 and in first-round series now in his career. I feel like that's pretty good. Especially when you consider some of the teams that he played on. Those Cleveland teams that he drug to an NBA Finals? Kicking and screaming. Right, with Zadrunas, Ilgauskas, and Drew Gooden, and all the other cast of nobodies that they had. And now he kind of feels like he's in that same boat again with L.A. Now you take Anthony Davis out of the equation, what are you left with? You're left with Wesley Matthews, who was relevant, what, six years ago? With he was the relevant last night because he had to... <laughs> Second most shot attempts on the team. <laughs> but that's kind of my point. Right, you're left with Dennis that, Schroeder. Well, you can build a team like this. A, you have to have role players that don't play <clears throat> zero minutes like Andre Drummond did last mm-hmm. night. Whoever your buyout guy is, I need him to play more than zero minutes. And LeBron at this point, I think you're asking a lot of a 37-year-old guy that came to the league 19 years old mm-hmm. that played stupid levels of minutes. I mean, I'm looking at, at how many minutes he played a night. Do you realize there was like a four-year stretch where he played over 40 minutes a night? That's a no. that's a ton. Mm-hmm. Nobody in the NBA plays that many minutes at this point. No. And he did that forever and did the Olympics and was in the playoffs and went on these deep runs. I saw somebody posted a thing on Twitter earlier that said when – the last time a team in LeBron's own conference knocked him out of the playoffs, Luka Doncic was 11 years old. <laughs> Anthony Davis was in the 11th grade. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, the run's been great. But let's face it. This is what I told you before the series started. I've seen this. I've, I've watched this play before. Right. It was with Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. Of Kobe still had, and LeBron had this look on the bench last night. There was a picture of LeBron James sitting on the bench, and it was almost like he was having this cathartic, thing of i can't do it anymore i cannot be that guy that just puts a team on my back and drags them Mm -hmm. now anthony davis has to be what you want him to be let's face it and and this is this might be a spicy hot take the next person that tells me anthony davis is a top five player in the nba i'm gonna laugh him out of the room straight up he's top 10 player he's not a top 20 player in the league to me because he's never available ever i could for me i care more about what you do in the playoffs than i care about anything else Mm mm-hmm He's not a good playoff player. He's not. He I mean, can't be the best playoffs because he had LeBron with him. That see to me that I, you've got one of the best facilitators in NBA history setting you up. No, oh, you know what? What happened in New Orleans where you couldn't hit water off a boat right. for any time you made the playoffs? Right. That's my qualm with Anthony Davis. Has been my qualm. Mm-hmm. Your greatest ability is your avail- your availability and. Anthony Davis is just not available enough. Mm-hmm. And I look at this team now, and I've listened to all these things today of, oh, what can the Lakers do? Can they maybe a little sign and trade Dennis Schroeder and move all these? Nobody wants that. Dennis Schroeder has proven what he is. 
you tried to cast him as a three. He's a sixth man. That's what I tried to tell you when they acquired him. It's what, what I tried to tell you about Montrez Harrell. Mm-hmm. There's a reason they didn't start on the team they came over here with. From, yeah. From. Yeah, yeah that's from. the word I was looking for. <laughs> There's a reason they didn't start there. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, they have great big deficiencies in their game. And at this point, LeBron at 36, 37 years old is not good enough to cover all those. Mm-hmm. He can play. He can give you 34 to 36 quality minutes a night. And he can be the best player on the team. I just don't think you're a championship contender, and I don't think they're going to be again. I honestly believe that uh, the Lakers are a number one away. I don't think LeBron can be the number the one you anymore. Can't have the way that all of this is set up, you don't have the space for one of those. Oh, absolutely. People started talking about spending seventy million dollars on LeBron and AD, and that's the point. Is I heard somebody talking earlier about, well, what if they traded Anthony Davis? You would get fifty cents on the dollar for Anthony Davis right now. Really? It, let me ask you a question. If let's say in some weird universe, the Lakers decided, all right, we're going to move on from Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. Let's say all the contracts were where they, where they were with Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and the draft picks. Would you do that New Orleans backwards? No. There you go. No, I wouldn't. There you go. <laughs> Touchdown, go Broncos. Yeah. No, you wouldn't. And nobody that knows the NBA would. Because you sent away four usable assets in the NBA plus draft picks. Mm-hmm. And you got back Anthony Davis that's brittle. Yep. And it seems like the ones that you kept were the wrong ones. His good is good. His bad's in street clothes. That's, that's just where you are. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, that's the reason I tried to tell you the Suns were going to beat them. Well, because you, people are under they're undervaluing DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul. The thing that drives me crazy that's going to get lost in this, the better team won the series. Period. Mm-hmm. Period. They played 24 quarters of basketball. The Suns were the better team, 18 of them. Yep. And it's not even debatable to me. And that's what I think is going to get lost. People are going to say, oh, Anthony Davis got hurt. I, don't th- I wouldn't have cared if he played. I picked him before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. And that one game where Phoenix just laid down like an old dog next to the radiator, that's going to be what everybody remembers. And then Anthony Davis gets hurt and they win the series. That's not how this went. That's how it went if you watch SportsCenter, and that's what that's how you're evaluating the series. Right. That's not how it actually happened. And I feel like going into next year, the expectations need to be what they are. And I feel like that's what LeBron was saying in his press conference. Mm-hmm. I'm not that guy anymore. I'm not the 19-year-old kid that's more athletic, bigger, faster, stronger, everything than anybody on the floor. I'm not that guy anymore. Now I'm this guy. I'm the facilitator. I'm a great passer. I have really good vision. And I can play 34 to 38 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. And Anthony Davis needs to be the Batman. And he's not that. He's just not. No. And at this point, I honestly do believe that LeBron's more like a two. Anthony Davis is the three who's... There sometimes, they're not, you know, not there the other times. And you need a one. You need another third guy. You need a third guy to be able to carry this team to a championship. And they all, and I don't know if Rob Palinka in the front office thought that it was going to be Dennis Schroeder, that Dennis Schroeder could come in and be that third guy, that third scorer that you need. But he wasn't. I feel like they thought they had a Kawhi, Paul George kind of setup like the Clippers did. Mm-hmm. We have two of the top ten players in the NBA, which I, I agree LeBron is. I don't think Anthony Davis is, and I don't think he's ever going to be. I think at this point we need to understand what he is. Mm-hmm. He's going to be an injury-prone superstar forever. I mean, DFS players, people that do it, we've known this forever. He would run through layup lines and then mysteriously have a hangnail and be gone for two games. Mm-hmm. That's, just, that's who he is. It's not a new thing. It's just he was doing it in New Orleans, so nobody saw it. Right. 
And And last year they had a four-month break, or a two-month break, or whatever it was. And then, hey, lo and behold, he was able to be healthy for the stretch. Yeah. I mean, it was a perfect setup. And, I, you know, with LeBron, you crammed a lot into... I don't think you'll see LeBron necessarily be... I think that's what he is. What you just saw in the playoffs, that's his average. You're going to see better than that. I think you'll see worse than that. Mm Mm-hmm. But if you average it out over the course of a whole season, what you saw in this series is what you're going to get. 25, 8, and 6 yeah. or something like that. Which is still phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Top 10, 15 in the NBA. He's just not that guy that's going to be in the finals nine straight years. Yeah. And, and I look around the NBA, and this is what I asked you this morning. Look at the teams that are at the high end of the, of the West right now. Do you see any path of the Lakers being better than the Utah Jazz, Phoenix Suns, Denver Nuggets next year? No. 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 There's not a path to it. Not unless the they are the able day, to add some firepower somehow. At the end of the day, all three of those teams have three major assets. And after the break, I think something's changed in the NBA, and I think it's a narrative that I haven't heard anybody say. Okay. And every team in the playoffs, except the Brooklyn Nets, bears it out. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. You're in the sports tank. What are you people? On dope? It's ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM, 1400. Sports tank with Jeremy Green heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. All right. So what so what is this new revelation that you've had about the the change in the NBA. I have a theory about the NBA at this point. Okay. I don't think the super team thing is working unless you draft them. I mean, the Brooklyn Nets. That's might the argue. only exception. Mm-hmm. That's the only one. And they have three superstars. And guess what? I think you're about to see that won't work in this series against the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm-hmm. Okay. But look at every team that's left in the NBA mm-hmm. Utah Jazz. You yep. drafted Rudy Gobert. You drafted Donovan Mitchell. You brought in Mike Conley. Mm hmm. That's the that's the path. You pretty much have to draft two of your three stars, and you can you can afford to bring in a third. Denver Nuggets. You drafted Michael Porter and Jamal Murray, whichever one you want to go with right there. And Nikola Jokic. You brought in Aaron Gordon. Phoenix Suns. You drafted DeAndre Ayton. You drafted Devin Booker. You brought in Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. Drafted Embiid. Drafted Simmons. Brought in Toby Harris. Do you see where I'm headed with this? Yes. Weird. Lakers, Clippers, all these teams that brought in superstars and assembled te- the Golden State Warriors. I understand Clay was hurt. I get it. Now, in, in all fairness, though, they drafted all their guys. They yeah. just kept a team together that they drafted. Mm-hmm. But all of these super team built Washington Wizards brought in Russell Westbrook. Yet all the, and the home. Bye. <laughs> bye bye. I, I mean, that's fair. It's fair to say. The way the league's set up now, you almost have to draft your homegrown talent because you're giving up so much to get stars. And as I've thought about it, you can bring, you can give up the assets to get the third guy. Philadelphia gave up assets to get Toby Harris. Right. He's a good third for them. But other than that, you drafted the top two, which are just using your capital, and you almost have to get lucky because you really think about it. Donovan Mitchell was on the backside of the lottery. Jokic was in the second round. Giannis was on the backside of the lottery. I think he was the first pick outside of the lottery. And it's not like there's a lot of LeBrons and AD number one picks here. Right. You pretty much have to get lucky. 
I mean, that's part of the that's part of the deal, though. That's mm-hmm. part of the deal of the draft. Well, and, I, and we I'm know that really sixty honestly. guys are going to come into the draft every year, and you're only going to have in a good year what eight? I was going to say ten. In a good year, you, got, you have eight true impact players, right? Maybe two super superstars, three if you're lucky, mm-hmm. five borderline all star top seventy five in the NBA guys. That's what the NBA draft is. Yeah, and then you have forty five that are completely worthless. Maybe back into the bench playing ten minutes a night, mm-hmm. or never made it to the league. Right, and and trust me, there's no irony here that the best drafting teams in the NBA they're all still left: mm-hmm. Milwaukee Bucks, Denver Nuggets, Phoenix Suns. I felt weird to say that the Phoenix Suns, <laughs> who we crucify every year after the draft, have drafted well because a lot of those have worked out. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, when you hit on two big ones like. DeAndre Aiden and, and Booker. Booker. That cures up. That cures a lot of exactly. Ills. And, then you, and then you do. They do have some good role players that they drafted as well. I mean, I'm gonna throw Cam Johnson in there. Remember how how much we laughed when they drafted mm-hmm. Cam Johnson at what 11? Mm-hmm. Took year? him over Nasir Little. Remember, we Co- believe remember it. Kobe White, his own teammate. What Kobe White's response was? He was doing uh, uh, an interview. He <laughs> was doing a press conference, and they said, "Hey, Cam Johnson just got drafted number 11," and he went, "What?" But he's but Phoenix saw him as a usable player, a guy who can come off the bench and hit you some threes, threes and, and and he's doing it. He's living up to it. But that's what every team that's still left basically has done. Mm-hmm. There's the, the exception is the Nets, and technically the Bucks are an exception too, because they didn't technically draft Chris Middleton. Uh, they got him as a throw-in in the Brandon Jennings trade and paid him a million and a half dollars the first two years he's in the league. Right. So. No, you didn't draft him, but you got him for zero. You got from him the, when he was from nothing, the Pistons, when nobody knew who mm-hmm. he was. He was a D League player at that point. He had been in the D League a couple mm-hmm. times, and that's how these teams are built. You have to have the superstar. You got to have the Robin, and then you need a third. Yeah. And the bad thing for the NBA is now that you, now you're left with a lot of markets that are not exactly sexy. Yeah, I know that. I... And I know that the front office is looking at it and going, man, I wish we still had one of the L.A. teams left. And I get that the Clippers are still technically in it, but let's face it, they're going to lose to Dallas either tonight or it's going to, or they're going to lose on Sunday. I think it's tonight, but I do too. I think tonight it's going to be done. Luka Doncic is going to put the, you know, put the nail in that coffin. And then both L.A. teams are going to be gone. The Knicks are going to be gone. The Boston Celtics are gone. The Miami Heat are gone. I mean, all of the, not all, but most of the big markets are going to be gone. And you're going to be left with, yes, Dallas is a big media market, but, I mean, it's not an NBA town. Do we consider Dallas an NBA town? No, it's a football town. Completely. It's Texas. Texas is all football. We get that it's a big media market, but it's not known for its basketball fandom. You got Atlanta left. Atlanta's the same way. You think Philadelphia is the same way. I think Philly's closer than either of the two that I just said. Philly's closer. It's not as good as you think. Yeah. I've just always thought that, yes, Philly fans are all in on the Eagles, but it's every other team they're just as hot on. The the Sixers and the Flyers are pretty comparable in Philly. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying they're going to get behind them. Right. When they're in the Eastern Conference Finals, and they're going to. In very short order. <laughs> right. I think it's comical you think Atlanta could even make this a series. I, do. I don't care if Joel Embiid plays two seconds in this series. It's over in five. 
The Knicks couldn't score with them. The Sixers can. Mm-hmm. John Collins couldn't defend the Mountain Dew I'm drinking right now. <laughs> so he's not going to be the Embiid stopper? No, they're going to put Clint Capella on him. The only problem is he, Joel Embiid's five inches taller than him and can mm-hmm. play on the outside. Capella's an around-the-back And is quicker guy. than him, can get around him. There's, the I quicker's mean, a little overstated. Capella's more mm-hmm. athletic than people give him credit for. He's built like a cinder block, which makes people right. think he's less athletic than I'm he is. I'm not saying he's got his feet glued to the ground, but there's no doubt that Joel Embiid is the better athlete between the two of them. It's closer than people think. Okay. Yes. All right. I just think that series is going to be laughably bad. Mm-hmm. Going into the next round, I don't care who plays Utah. Whether it's Let's say the Clippers somehow miraculously win these last two games. Mm-hmm. I don't care. It's over in five. Mm-hmm. Utah will demolish them. So you're going to have Utah. You're going to have Philadelphia. Then you've got two series that are entertaining. And three of the four are small markets. Denver, Phoenix, Milwaukee, Brooklyn. And I think you're going to have Milwaukee come out of that series. <laughs> I'm going to say I agree with you. I th- I picked Milwaukee to win that series as well. I think all the games are going to be super close. You think it's going to be a blowout in game one. I do. I think Milwaukee is going to boat race them in game one. The Nets are just not going to be prepared for what they're going to see? No, I think they're used to playing teams like Boston. You know, Here's the thing nobody's talked about with the Nets. They've beaten a ton of really bad teams. Yes. They've beaten a ton of really bad defensive teams. And when you're just trying to shoot out teams that can't contend with you, that's pretty easy. And I'll tell you from a coaching standpoint, if I've got three scorers and you're playing teams that have one and a quarter, that's pretty easy for me to just run the score up. The problem is when I come up against a team that's just as long as me, more physical than me, way better defensively than me, and they can score at will because I can't stop them. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. Yeah, Milwaukee will be a problem for the Brooklyn Nets in the next series. There's no doubt about that. And then we're both on the Nuggets to win a six-game series against the Phoenix Suns. Twelve games away for my 2021 <laughs> NBA champion, Denver Nuggets. Oh, gosh. Come on, Suns. Let's end this run right now. I don't know that I could take much more of this Nuggets business. The sports tag. Just a bit outside. All right, here's the 411, folks. Apparently, we have a new curse. There is a new curse in sports. So we talk, we've talked for years about the, what, the Sports Illustrated curse. Then there was the Madden curse. Now in the NBA, apparently there is the Space Jam curse. Apparently, all of the NBA superstars that are in the Space Jam movie, starring LeBron James and Bugs Bunny, they're all out of the playoffs. Every one of them got swept out. Apparently, Anthony Davis plays one of the villains in this uh, in I thought this movie. there weren't any in, any extra NBA players. There are. There are. Um, LeBron, obviously, he gets, he gets uh, knocked out with the Lakers. Anthony Davis plays the Brow, who is a villain in the movie. He's gone from the playoffs. Does his eyebrow hurt in the movie as well? <laughs> because it seems to hurt a lot in real life. Uh, that's actually probably the end of the game. Spoiler alert. 
I haven't seen it. Don't know. Don't take this for you know verbatim. But that's kind of how it how I imagine it ending. Is you know LeBron James, of course, is like goes supersonic to win the game, like Michael Jordan with the stretch arm in the last one. Uh, but he, pro- he, you know, he probably breaks the brow's ankle or something. I, I would love for Space Jam two to be LeBron dunks on the brow in the second quarter, and he's in street clothes for the second half. <laughs> uh, Damian Lillard is in the Space Jam movie. He plays the character called Flash. He's been knocked out of the playoffs as well. Uh, and then uh, one of the other NBA superstars in the movie, Clay Thompson. How'd that go for him? Well, he had a lot of time on his hands. <laughs> He did have a lot of time on his hands. Clay Thompson, of course, his Warriors got knocked out in the play-in round. Of course, he hadn't played all year long because of the injury. He'll I'm be so ready for year. him to come back. I am as well. Clay Thompson, though, his character's name in the in the movie, I think, should carry over to real life. He plays a character named Wet Fire. Wet Fire. Wet Fire. Clay Thompson. Huh. <laughs> so you got the Sports Illustrated curse, the Madden curse, and now apparently the Space Jam curse. Speaking of curses, there's long been a curse on Cleveland Brown quarterbacks, and, well, it just keeps on happening. Johnny Manziel says he made somewhat of a decent living by selling autographed items during his days at Texas A&M, but that he never took a dollar until after he won the Heisman Trophy in 2012. Man- I'll buy that. Manziel recounted selling his autograph during an interview on Barstool Sports' Bussin' with the Boys podcast, detailing two different transactions in 2013 that he says netted him $33,000. This would obviously be, this would run afoul of the NCAA because you're not allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. And Manziel was so flipping about it. He's like, oh, are you going to, I can't remember what bowl it was that they played in. Are you going to take away my Capital One bowl win against North Carolina? Right. Oh, oh God, it'll crush me. And then it was almost like he realized what he said. He was like, well, I'd already won the Heisman by the time I did this. Don't, please don't come take my right, Heisman. Right, because the, the follow-up question was, what if they try to take your Heisman away? And he's like, oh, I never took a dime before I won the Heisman, which I will buy. I had no clue who Johnny Manziel was until obviously, like halfway through that year. What was it, the Alabama game, like week four or five? That was a big one, but you should have known who he was before that. Well, I mean, I knew him as, oh, this is the new starting quarterback at Texas A&M. That's the only thing I knew about him. I didn't, you know, and then the Johnny football thing actually started when Texas A&M pulled the big shocker against Alabama early in the season and everybody went, oh, well, maybe we have to pay attention to this guy. Johnny and then he continued. He's just such a meatball. I mean, you listen to him talk and you're like, wow. Stunner, that didn't work out in the NFL. <laughs> Every interview I've ever heard him do, I'm like, what GM sat him down and went, face of the franchise, right there. Yeah. That's the guy. It's going to break our Super Bowl curse. He's young. He's exciting. And he can mature at some point. He ain't going to get a chance to prove himself in the NFL before he matures. I mean, I'm and sure. I, don't think he still, I still don't think he has. I mean, I'm sure he'd be a fun guy to sit around and drink a wicked weed beer with. I just don't, as somebody that has you know dealt with the draft for as long as I have, mm-hmm. I don't know how in an interview I would ever sit him down and go, uh-huh, that's the one. That's the guy. Let's do that. Then again, I say the same thing about Rob Gronkowski. So, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, but you wouldn't. I I, I feel like you can you can overlook that certain thing. Oh, if I don't, It's not a quarterback. Yeah, I don't exactly need my tight end to be a rocket surgeon. No, 
He can be dumb as bricks, and which Rob Gronkowski seems to be. He would also be. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he's. I'm. I'm. I'm sure he's. Uh, he's. He's very intelligent off the field, but he's made a ton of money off the when field. He put, so right he, when he puts himself out there in the public, he plays that bro, bro, dumb as box of rocks. You know, hey, let's go drink some four locos and puke in the woods, kind of guy. White trash frat boy. Yeah, that's, that's his. That's that's his motif. <laughs> right, and I'm I'm here for it. And it I'm, works. I'm fine with it. I mean, I, I will accept that from pretty much every other position on the football field other than my quarterback. One of the funniest things about this Manziel story Mm -hmm. is that he signed a bunch of them for 30 cents a piece. Yes. And then somebody else came to him and went, you You got completely ripped off. (laughs) And he went, well, what are you offering? Right. So he made 3,000 for the first one Mm -hmm. and then made 30,000 for the second one. Yep. My favorite part of the story was, though, how they did it. So they took all those items and they put them in a big room in a hotel and they said, okay, we're going to give you the access code and then you go into the room. Nobody's going to be there. All you got to do is just sign all the items in there, take a picture with your cell phone when you're done, send it to me to show me, show me that you're done, and then I will send you the code for the safe that's in the room. And in that safe, there will be $30,000, and then you can go about your merry way. And see, this is how they were able to skirt everything. Well, I never had any dealings with Johnny Manziel. You can't put us in the same place at, at once. Secret time, that's how a lot of those work. Oh, I'm sure it, I'm sure it is. I had never heard it explained that way, though, that that's how that goes down. That's, that's pretty elaborate, mm-hmm. but yeah, I've, I've, I've been privy to some of these signings. Yeah. And it's hilarious. Because you'll see these guys, and they're in a room with just a billion helmets. Mm-hmm. Like, they're surrounded by all of these helmets, and they just go through and sign them all. Mm-hmm. And then they, okay, I'm done. And away they go. 10,000 signatures. How long would that take you? It depends on who it is. It takes you way longer to sign your name than it does me. Yeah, you're probably right. I could probably knock it out in an hour. 10,000 of them? I sign my name aggressively quickly. <laughs> it's not le- 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 legible at all. No. I mean, you tell it's my signature. And, big G, and then you're done? No, I mean, there's you know, there's intricate things in there. Mm-hmm. It would be very hard to forge. There's little squigglies and lines everywhere. Yes, but they're very specific to me, squigglies. Yeah. See, that's the thing. If I, if I ever became famous, I don't know that, I don't know that my autograph would be... You know how they how they analyze autographs to tell you whether or not it's real or not? Like I, I don't know that I've ever signed my name exactly the same way you every time. You do. Everybody okay. does. It's almost like you know how they say really good golfers become good golfers because they have muscle continuity because they've done it so many times. <laughs> right. Your hand does involuntary things. Right. That are impossible to duplicate. That's how forgers figure out who forgers are. I'm just saying, like, there are times when I'm signing something, like I'm signing, you know, endorsing the back of a check, and I'll forget to put, like, the T in my name. And you go, oh, well. There are people that still pay you in check? Yeah, yeah. If somebody handed me a tangible check, I'd just look at it and go, Can you not Venmo that to me? I, I feel like this is an extra step that we should not be having. No, to yeah, I, I still do get uh, paper payroll checks from from various entities. So yes, I have to endorse checks from time to time. But I'll do things like that and just forget to leave the T off the end of my name, and then I have to go back and fix it. And then I go, well, that just looks fake. I probably do too. I just <laughs> <laughs> my yeah. wife is in the financial sector, so when yeah. it comes to money. I'm not really trusted with any of that information. Mm-hmm. I'm just patted on the head and told to do as I'm told. Right. 
I can't, okay I can't wait till this stuff is legal and we don't have to talk about this anymore. What, the autograph signing thing? Yeah. Well, see, here's the problem. is See, this is one of the arguments that I've always had against the name, image, and likeness thing. Mm-hmm. What's the problem with it? And I'll tell you, this is somebody that's, I mean, I'm into memorabilia. If you've ever watched our morning show, you can see that there's a lot of helmets in that room. Mm-hmm. Uh, the vast majority of them are mine. And that's just part of my little collection. I'm very into memorabilia. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem is that if you start, this is what I've always feared with, especially with college level things. If you start letting players sign things, the more you do, the less valuable they are. Mm-hmm. No doubt, it's thousand times out of a thousand. Mm-hmm. And but, that's kind of my fear. But do I care? Do I care? Do you as, care? No. Right. Do I care as an athlete if somebody's going to give me thirty, fifty thousand dollars to sit down and sign ten thousand autographs? I don't care how many of them are out there. By, by the way, that's very rare. It's very rare, and if you're not careful, you'll devalue your things forever. Mm-hmm. You know, Tom Brady right now, do you know how much a Tom Brady's signature is? It's like three grand. It's about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it's on a cocktail napkin, it's like $2,500. <laughs> but see, one of the reasons is that he never signed anything. Right. And so now he's there, there is a lot of Patriot stuff out there. If you can get it on a Tampa Bay Buccaneers helmet, because he signs so little, mm-hmm. it's very valuable. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of the problem with the memorabilia game, is if, if as a collegiate player you sign 200,000 autographs yeah you're it, no matter how good you become it's never going to become as valuable as you want it to yeah that's uh, just one of the small stupid problems of the name image and likeness thing but i don't see a problem with it again i, I that's that's an ancillary problem that i don't even think the athlete cares about it's a short-term fix to a long-term problem and trust me yes they do care the athlete cares how much their signature's worth 100 percent. okay 100 percent they care and there are guys that are mega stars whose signatures aren't worth bupkis. Mm-hmm. And there are, I mean, there's no mediocre players that have super valuable signatures. But there's well, guys no. that it would surprise you how valuable theirs are. Right, because of how little they sign things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I guess. I've already been tasked with uh, uh, whenever the Tampa Bay Buccaneers come to Charlotte, Joseph has already asked me to go get tom brady's autograph for him when he comes to town good luck and i was like uh yeah you don't know how that works buddy good luck like (laughs) i don't know if i'm gonna be able to do that uh the phoenix suns have gone from a 60 to 1 long shot to win the nba title they are now uh listed by williams hill as an 8 to 1 contender for the title after they got past the los angeles lakers see we all had this hope that lebron and ad were going to be able to lift the lakers and it just didn't happen. And that's why you kept saying everybody's, everybody's selling Phoenix short. Everybody's undervaluing Phoenix. And I don't think it was so much of undervaluing Phoenix. Yes, that was a part of it. But I think that was the faith that everybody had in LeBron James and Anthony Davis, should they be healthy, to beat anybody that they get. That's why I don't think you heard enough about the fact that they sat out for so long during the season. Anthony Davis missed, what was it, 30 games, 35 games, something like that. LeBron missed like 27 games during the season. And they treated the end of the year like an exhibition, really. Pretty much the whole season felt like that. The mm-hmm. Lakers won the and title Everybody last just year. feels like, oh, they'll just turn, they'll it, just back turn on. it on. Right, they'll be able to flip the switch. Well, eventually that switch stops working. Mm-hmm. That's what I tried to tell everybody. Nobody would listen. Mm-hmm. I did just fine. Thank you, Phoenix. I will forever. Oh, I won't forever be in your debt because you cost me a little bit in those two games that you decided to lose. 
But it's odd that the Suns go from, you know, eighth or ninth in the pecking order to win a title, and now they're fourth. This is gambling 101. Mm -hmm. Literally, this is gambling 101. When a team... So, the way a lot of people that, that bet to the level that I do... We look for teams that are being undervalued by the public. Mm-hmm. And we look for them so that we can get on them early. And as soon as the public's on them, get off of them. Yeah. Because now you've gone from Phoenix was way undersold. And you're saying that that's a, a belief in the Lakers and all that. Other. It's just you've never seen it. Mm-hmm. That's what the public does. Mm-hmm. The, the public is, they very much believe in what they have seen. They don't project forward. That's what Vegas does. And that's the reason there's gold fixtures in every hotel in Vegas. Is because they can project forward. The problem is now you've seen the Suns beat the Lakers, which is not as impressive as everybody makes it sound, mm-hmm. and now they're being overvalued. So now they're a two to one favorite to beat Denver in the next round. All in on Denver. Yeah, give me, and that's not me being a Denver homer. That's me. You do understand Will Barton nor Jamal Jamal Murray played in the series. Mm-hmm. Jamal Murray and neither one of them are coming back. I just you don't really. How do I say this properly? You don't really know what Denver is because they're still figuring it out. You know, this Aaron Gordon guarding guards and and, and running the point, Jokic, this is all new. Yeah. So they're getting better as time goes on, and I feel like people are undervaluing that. So now the Nuggets have become the value and, and the overvalued crowdsourced Phoenix Suns to me are a little overvalued. Mm-hmm. Now, according to Kevin Hennessy of uh, FanDuel, he's communications director for FanDuel, says that the Suns are now the top liability for the book out in the West because a bunch of people jumped on them at 60 to one. And those are going to be some big payouts. (laughs) And they're the second biggest liability overall in the NBA. Biggest one's the Nets. Nope. Biggest liability. Mm -hmm. It'd have to be something that's a little bit of a long shot. If it's not the Nets, I thought the volume on the Nets would just be so outrageous that it would be. I don't know. It's the Philadelphia 76ers. I considered saying They're that. the biggest liability right now for uh, for FanDuel's book. I mean, Williams Hill's got him at 10-1. to 1. Well, that's because of the uncertainty with Embiid. Yeah. I, I could say I should probably have known that. Mm-hmm. There's so much uncertainty with them, and there's so many, team, so many people that feel very certain that this team is the best team in the East that as soon as they see you know, a sizable number, they're going to bet it. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happening right now because people don't know if Embiid's going to play. If Embiid, if you knew Embiid played every series, Philadelphia is, what, minus 500 to win the series? That's that's about where it would be for me. To win this upcoming series? Well, with Atlanta. With if Atlanta. you knew oh, yeah. Joel Embiid yeah, was going to play every game. Absolutely. Pl- well, they're minus 210. Big favorites. What does that tell you? Mm-hmm. That tells you Vegas is going, well, we don't want to move it too much because we don't want to have people bet Atlanta and then right. Joel Embiid doesn't play and we get crushed. Right. So we're going to put it to just enough of a number to make people think twice about it. I think without Embiid, Atlanta can win this series. I don't. I know you don't. You just don't believe in I don't think. You don't if, believe in Trey Young. And if, I, and I don't, if prime Dominique Wilkins came back and was put on the in the middle of this team, oh, I think they might it. have a shot to win more than one game. Stop it. That's probably the best I could do. It's comical to me that you Dominique don't see the difference Wilkins. between these two teams. Like, comical. The Hawks were the 10th best team in the East for the vast majority of the year. They stayed in that 8-9-10 range forever. And I feel like your narrative is changing solely because of what you saw with the Knicks. 
He no, puts I, out the Knicks, who, by the way, have had trouble scoring all year long. That's not a new thing. No, you forget. I've been drunk on the Atlanta Hawks. No, since you've been drunk Trey on Trey Young. Young. Got drafted. Yeah, you've been drunk on Trey Young, not uh-huh. on the Hawks. Well, the problem is, one man does not a team make. Just oh, ask no Dame problem. Lillard. He'll tell yeah. you. <laughs> he said it on Instagram aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> Which you can't. Can you really blame him for that? Nope. We're going to talk about that next hour. Yep. Have no fear. Yep. You're in the sports deck with Jeremy Green here on ESPN. Asheville, uh, you want to talk about in Fuego. 11-2 and two in the last three days is Jeremy <laughs> Green in his against the spread picks. Monkey knife fight. You've ran into a two day stumble here. Oh, we're we're getting back out of it today. But, I feel really good about uh, about mine today. But you know, two straight losses on monkey knife fight after six straight wins. We're still above, uh, still in the black. We'll see if we can keep it up. Green on green and the monkey knife fight play of the night coming up next right here on ESPN Asheville. Here in Beer City, we take homegrown seriously. And since 2012, Wicked Weed Brewing has been pushing the boundaries of the industry. They've not only created staples like the Freak of Nature Double IPA, Lieutenant Dank, and Pernicious, but they also opened the first sour beer tap room on the East Coast. Wicked Weed has also supported our local community to the tune of $1.6 million with the Beers That Build program. Visit one of their four locations, schedule a brewery tour, or place an order for pickup or delivery. WickedWeedBrewing.com. I believe real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I am Clarissa Marshall with eXp Realty, serving all of Western North Carolina. Navigating the home buying and selling journey can feel overwhelming at times, and that's why having an agent who cares about you and your needs is key. I'm a native of Western North Carolina, and I close over a home a week. I'm an expert in the market, pricing my sellers correctly to net you the most money, and working as a skilled negotiator for my buyers. Please give me a call today at 828-774-6343 to set up a complimentary market analysis. Coffee's the closers only. Get them the money. Then when you get the money, you get the power. That watch costs more than your car. Then when you get the power, then you get the work. We were preempted by the Braves yesterday, but I gave green on green picks in our morning show, The Sportsocracy, live 9 a.m. on YouTube, live find us at The Sportsocracy on all the social medias. And that pushes me to 12 and 5 over the last seven days and 35 and 16 over the last 30. <laughs> I would love to say this has been some kind of skill, but. I haven't changed anything, so I'm just going to keep doing what I've been doing. One game in the NBA tonight, the L.A. Clippers are a two-and-a-half-point favorite tonight against the Dallas Mavericks. I I just think Dallas is a better team. I think Luka's the best player on the floor. I like the pieces around Dallas, and for whatever reason, so far no team has won a game at home in this series. I think that's going to end tonight. I'm going to take the Dallas Mavericks plus the two and a half. But the side I like better, I'm going aggressively under the 216 and a half. Go and do likewise, gents. Money's out there. You pick it up, it's yours. You don't, I got no sympathy for you. Yeah, and with only one game being played in the NBA, you can guess where he's going with the monkey knife fight. Play of the night. Yeah, go to monkeyknifefight.com. Set yourself up an account today if you have not already. What are you waiting for? Jeremy's been get, he's been on fire. Six and two in the last eight. Now, granted, two of those losses have come in the last two days, but it's time to turn it around tonight with the Mavs and the Clippers. Go to monkeyknifefight.com, create your account, use our promo code TANK, T-A-N-K, and monkeyknifefight.com will match your initial investment up to $50, and they will also give you a $5 free play, which you can use on... I am playing the more or less 3.6x multiplier between the Dallas Mavericks and the LA Clippers. I will take more than 33.5 points for Luka Doncic and less than 30.5 for Kawhi Leonard. 
That will take your $5 buy-in and turn it into an $18 prize. Nice. Uh, just a, a note for gamblers, by the way, if you are going to be gambling, uh, you know, it's probably not a good idea to threaten people that you're gambling on. Uh, have you heard the story of, uh, of Parlay Pats? Parlay Pats is a 24-year-old guy who played a bunch of parlays, won like a million dollars on parlays, and he became known in the betting world. Well, now he is uh, sentenced to 36 months of probation in federal court down in Tampa, Florida, after uh, he pleaded guilty to one count of transmitting threats in interstate uh, or foreign commerce. Benjamin Pats of Napa, California, apparently he went out and targeted Tons of social media accounts tied to athletes, 307 of them. Family members, athletes, anyone, I guess, who would listen to him tied to the New England Patriots, the Blue Jays, the Athletics, the Tampa Bay Rays, and even Pepperdine University. I feel like you got a real gambling problem when you're threatening people from Pepperdine University. You have a real gambling problem uh, anytime you're threatening anyone, period. Well, but this is true. But don't judge people that wager on <clears throat> Pepperdine games because... <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just I've judging... seen me do it. I'm just judging the guy who sends death threats to athletes who don't pay off for him well, when he anybody gambles. that anybody that does that's a meatball. Mhm. Absolutely. Uh I, you know, I would rather see this guy serving some actual time but 36 months of probation, maybe that will send the old message. I'm Tech Spencer. Jeremy Green's alongside as well. We got another hour of the program on the way. Sports Center coming up next in the next hour. We'll talk some football. Things happening at uh, New England Patriots camp today. Cam fans Maybe you should be concerned. This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. And you're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green, heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app, right here locally on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, 1400 as well. This hour of the program, as always, brought to you by Wicked Weed Brewing. Check them out at wickedweedbrewing.com. Wicked Weed Brewing, drink different. Yes, we got the NBA playoffs still going on. We got one series still active in the first round we got the second round kicking off tomorrow. We'll talk more basketball coming up later on in the hour, but we do have uh, training camps and, and things going on in the NFL. So let's talk about the big news of the day. Cam Newton got hurt up in New England. Apparently he injured his hand, had to come out of practice, wasn't able to finish off today's practice session. To me, it's just another sign. It's just another sign. You can't trust him. Can't trust him to be healthy. And we got so many mixed signals coming out from New England about who their quarterback's going to be. It's a big quarterback battle. I feel like this is 2020 all over again. Yeah, the only difference is this time, Mac Jones is going to win. <laughs> right. I agree I with I feel you. like every word coming out of New England is basically Bill Belichick screaming at the top of his lungs, Mac Jones is starting week one. Uh-huh. You're not wrong. 
I've I've said from from the jump that I think Mac Jones is going to be the starter day one when the season rolls around. I think he's better than Cam Newton. I understand he is a rookie, has never played the in the NFL, better. whatever. I think he's the better option for this year. We saw what Cam Newton could do last year. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, yesterday the story came out with Josh McDaniels talking about Cam Newton. How year two is going to be so much better. He's got a different grasp of the offense this year. And they're just tweaking things, fine-tuning things for Cam Newton in running this offense. And then you got Bill Belichick today saying that Mac Jones is really earning all the respect from all the veterans in camp, things that we've been hearing for the last two weeks now out of New England. How split are they? Do you think Josh is on Cam's side and Bill is on Mac's side and this is going to be a discussion that they have to battle it out? I think it's very easy right now to not say anything. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what they're doing. I mean, but this is the time of the year where everybody looks good. Mm-hmm. Nobody comes out and says, man, they were just terrible. I mean, unless you're Jordan Love. I, and even reports on him have been, oh, he's looked so good. <laughs> of course he has. Right. I think when, when you get into the, to, to real camps and, and you're really in the, in the heat of this, mm-hmm. I think you're going to hear a lot of fluff about Mac Jones. Because everything I've heard from every beat writer in, in the Boston area has been, Mac Jones just has a leadership quality. And, and a, a Kendrick Bourne said something the other day about Mac Jones has this energy, and it's just all of these things. Mm-hmm. That's telling you everything you need to know. I mean, we know what Cam Newton is. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. You can make every excuse for him you want to. If you want to be an apologist, be an apologist. I don't care. You know, I, I'm, I'm centered in fact. And the fact of the matter is, for you to expect a 32-year-old quarterback to get better year over year is a fool's errand. Mm-hmm. It just ne- it doesn't happen, and it's not going to happen here. Especially already when it's an injury-prone quarterback who hasn't really looked good in, what, four or five years? I mean, since five the, years? He hasn't been the player people keep trying to sell me he is since he was mm-hmm. the MVP of the league six years ago. Yeah, I mean, I think... What, like 2017? Like 2016 was a down year. 2017, he showed some promise, and then he got hurt. The last and three years was, have been an abject right, disaster. Right. And then, I mean, it's it's the same narrative for Cam Newton fans that it has been since 2018. The offseason of 2018, what do we hear? Oh, he's going to come back. He's going to be better. He's going to, you know, the, the shoulder's going to be fine. Everything's going to be great. 2019, heard the same thing. 2020, last year, with the New England Patriots, heard the same thing. Now 2021, they're saying the same dang thing again. Oh, he didn't have any weapons last year. It's excuse after excuse after excuse. And I'll give you some of that. I'll give you some some leeway on the excuses for last year. Last year was weird. He gets signed real late. They didn't have the offseason program. Okay. He didn't have weapons. Fine. I mean, he's got a couple of weapons more than he had last year. I like John U. Smith. I like Hunter Henry. Those are decent weapons. Yeah. I mean, Al- Nelson Aguilar just had the career year last year in Oakland or in uh, Las Vegas. He didn't mean to. <laughs> so maybe he's going to be something this year with New England. I doubt it, but maybe. You got Jacoby Myers, who has had flashes last year. I didn't mean to. <laughs> I look at his whole New England team and just laugh. 
I mean, this it's one of the more delusional fan bases in sports, in no my doubt. opinion. No doubt, because they still have the Tom Brady hangover. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But what where I'm headed with this is everything you hear from people that say, don't put my name on that. It's all been, everybody in this room just is, they just wax poetic about how good Mac Jones has been, how good he's been in the building, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. I never heard that about Stidham. The thing I always heard, because I said last year I thought Stidham was going to win that job. Yeah. Because he fit that system better. There was none of this about him. No, and then when they got into actual training camp, you know, during the preseason time, uh, what was that? The one, the one day, the one day that he threw like four interceptions in a row in practice, and that was the day that everything flipped. Mm-hmm. And everybody, okay, that this can't happen. I got a feeling that you're going to have the same thing happen here. Well, everything coming out about Cam is that there's nothing broken in the hand. You know, whatever happened today is it's just going to sideline him for a period of time. Right. No actual definitive has come out on the injury. And I'm not saying that the injury is being reported because they like Mac Jones. That's not what I'm saying. That's that's conspiracy theory, tinfoil on your head Mm -hmm. type things. What I'm saying is that there's been nothing. Outside of one stray comment by Josh McDaniels, there's been nothing about Cam Newton. It's all been Mac Jones. Mm -hmm. And... Where I'm headed with this is I firmly – let me ask you a question. Just, we didn't talk about this before the show, and I'm, I'm curious to see what your number is. Okay. How many rookies start week one this year in the NFL? How many rookie quarterbacks mm-hmm. start week one? Four. I think it's five. Really? I think it's all five of them. I think all five of the first-round rookies start week one. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is going to start. Obviously, Zach Wilson. Obviously, Zach Wilson mm-hmm. will start. I think obviously Justin Fields will, but that's just me. Now, wait a minute. When did that change? Because you and I had the had the disagreement when I said that. Well, that's come from a lot of people in Chicago that are just the same thing that's happening in New England is yeah. happening in Chicago. It's just we're far enough away from Chicago that you don't necessarily hear it. Mm-hmm. It's all Justin Fields is the man. We can't believe he was there. We gave up all this. We're right. going to be a playoff team. We're going to the Super Bowl. We could win the NBA title. Uh, yes, I said NBA on purpose because that's how delusional <laughs> Chicago people have been in talking to me. It's that's flipped pretty much the last week. Okay, I, the, and I've always the, the been one, on Trey Lance. the one that I was leaving out was Trey Lance, and I've always been on Trey Lance because I don't think Trey Lance is going to start week one. Uh, as long as Jimmy Garoppolo is on this team, he will be the starter to start out the season. Now, do they get rid of him? Would it make sense to get rid of him? Absolutely. But I don't know that they will. I see a path to it. Mm-hmm. I put it that way. I see, it. I see I, a path to it. I mean, when you say we can ride with the rookie that we just drafted number three overall in the draft and gave up three first-round picks to go out and get him, we can start that guy take our chances, see what we have with this veteran laden team that we have with a little, you know, the the few young spark plug pieces that they have on offense. I get those guys aren't real veterans, but everywhere else, you got a very veteran team with San Francisco. Let's see what we got with the rookie. We're going to save 25 million dollars by cutting Jimmy Garoppolo loose. Absolutely sign me up for that. I said this, I believe, I think it was one of the days that you were gone. Okay. 
And something is happening today that makes me think I might be onto something. Plus, I've had people behind closed doors tell me this, too. <laughs> okay. There's one spot that really needs a veteran quarterback. Really knows Jimmy Garoppolo quite well. Mm-hmm. Hasn't made a play on a veteran quarterback at all. And one of their best players is currently it's sitting no out of OTAs because they're wanting him to restructure his deal. It's the New York Jets. Correct. Jimmy Garoppolo goes to be the backup for Zach Wilson. I'm not positive he's the backup. Really? Not positive. I'm just I'm reading tea leaves. I'm taking things people are telling me. There's been no action on Jimmy Garoppolo. Why? Because deep down, I think John Lynch still thinks they can get something out of him mm-hmm. and save the money and roll the money forward because this is a team that needs the money. Mm-hmm. You got to resign Fred Warner. You got Bosa coming up in a few years. You need the money. Mm-hmm. Makes all the sense in the world. It does make a lot of sense. I don't. I don't. I don't know about. They would have to eat Jets, some of the though. money. No doubt, they would have to eat some of the money. San Francisco would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, for to me, for the Jets, it's win-win. I was gonna say, how do you feel about that? How would I feel about yeah. that? To me, it's win-win. You give up very little draft capital. You you wind up paying. A portion. I don't know what the portion would be. Mm-hmm. I think the amount that they pay is going to be directly correlative to what they give up. And I mean, if you told me Jimmy Garoppolo started week one for the New York Jets, I don't have a problem with that. Zach Wilson is a young kid. I have no problem with that. But that kind of fi- flies in the face of your whole, you draft a guy in the top five, you got to play him right away. Well, there's a difference when you have, uh, the, the Jets currently have $30 million in active cap space. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have to spend. They don't have, really have a choice. And it's, I mean, it's a one-year stopgap. Yeah. To see what you have. It's a vet. I don't trust in Jimmy Garoppolo to not. And I've watched this organization do this. Mm-hmm. They did it with Teddy Bridgewater not that long ago. Bring in Teddy. Oh, he's a safe gap. Oh, well, but Sam Darnold beat him. Bye, Jamie. Yeah. Back then it was, bye, Teddy. <laughs> right. Okay. And I understand the GMs were different, but it's a, there's an organizational thing of, well, you know, that Teddy thing worked out pretty well. Mm-hmm. well the fact I'm that hearing they, way too much of Jimmy Garoppolo. San Francisco and, yeah. I've heard way too much Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be the starter in San Francisco mm-hmm. from people that know infinitely more than I do. And reading the tea leaves, I cannot figure out another place in the world that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, again, it's hard for me to wrap my head around. I think if, he's still, if he's still on this team... Jimmy Garoppolo's going to be the starter. I don't think it's going to... Because you're not going to sit $25 million on the bench. You're going to do something with That's him. not even kind of true. Chicago Bears did it last year. Uh, his name was Nick Foles. <laughs> but you there's a that? huge difference, isn't there, between Nick Foles and Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh, one won a Super Bowl. One lost a Super Bowl. <laughs> the difference between Jimmy Garoppolo oh, and Nick Foles is not that aggressive. I that is like... <laughs> That's one of the most irritating arguments I've ever heard. Come on. And am I wrong? No, you're not wrong, but yes, he won a Super Bowl, but nobody believes that he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. No, I didn't say he was better. You're making it sound like, oh, because he makes $25 million. I got news for you, and I've been told this since we started doing this. Mm -hmm. You know who doesn't give uh, even the slightest of a care to what somebody makes? The head coach. Mm -hmm. They do not care at all. Who gives me the best chance to win? There's not a care in the world as to who makes what. 
Yeah. If, if Trey Lance comes in and beats Jimmy Garoppolo, he plays. Period. And I got news for you. If Jimmy Garoppolo, he didn't even necessarily have to beat him. Yeah. He has to be close, and Jimmy has to look a little off. Mm-hmm. Trey Lance plays week one. Yeah. Same thing with Justin Fields and Andy Dalton. Same thing with Mac Jones and Cam Newton. Yeah. That is the league we live in. I have not thought for a second that Andy Dalton is actually going to be the starter of the Chicago Bears. I did, and it's just changed. It seems like the narrative behind all of these rookies is is that they're going to start. Mm -hmm. But the one team that seems to be pushing the brakes on, I don't expect too much too soon, is the Jets. Yeah. Because well, because they don't want to they they don't want you getting your hopes up because your hopes are already up. Name me the backup. Name me who's sitting behind him right now. Oh, I can't do that. It's James Morgan is the backup, and Mike White is the third. Mike White. So so what I'm saying is, all right, so they're telling you to pump the brakes. Mm -hmm. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I thought it was all gas, no brakes. Well, that's the the philosophy. But they're basically saying, you know, don't don't expect too much of Zach Wilson early. We like how he looks. He's a young kid. Blood beat by you. Okay. So you're you're basically telling us you're going to bring in a quarterback. So who's it going to (laughs) be? Right. And this is just a tea leaf that I have been mm-hmm. I've been down this rabbit hole for a while. Okay. Um it's it's hard for me to believe that all five first round rookie quarterbacks are gonna be starting in week one. There is a path to it. Yes, I will agree with you on that one. Speaking of starting quarterbacks, to Rod Taylor, he had some interesting comments. It might be the weirdest comment I've ever heard somebody make in my li- in in terms of quarterbacks in my life. Yeah, uh, Taylor was actually asked yesterday about the pressure of replacing Deshaun Watson, who's dealing with his civil suits and the criminal investigation and everything going on with the masseuses down in Houston. Um, and Terod Taylor said that he's played at a very high level throughout his career, that I've been a fan of his, and I know him personally. But the opportunity to be able to start here is something that I look forward to. He's got an opportunity here to start games. I think everybody's under the impression that Terod Taylor is going to start games for the Houston Texans. And I don't think that that's necessarily everybody believing that Deshaun Watson is not going to be with the Houston Texans anymore. I got a good feeling that the Houston Texans are just going to, if they don't do anything with him and ship him off to Philadelphia, as you have suggested might happen, if they don't do that, I could very well see them just doing nothing with him. Just not playing him. Then they can use the excuse of all of this civil stuff is still going on, and no we're not going to put him put him on the field while all of this stuff is still happening. No shot of that. Okay, Literally less than zero chance. <laughs> <laughs> you think if the league has not done anything, which they won't, we've already talked about that, unless there are actual criminal charges and he's been convicted. The, which are not going to happen by No, no, no. There's the no way. I mean, they've already said that if this goes to trial, that or if this continues to go to trial, then he's not even going to be deposed in the case until early next year. Mm-hmm. So none of that's going to happen. So the league's yeah, probably the way, not going to step in and suspend him. I, I feel like I should have gone ahead and said this. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't happen, the Texans have literally zero legal recourse it, in terms of the NFL. You can't sit a guy because because of ongoing things like that. Why not? Because it's in the ask the players' association, not me. Oh, it's if a the rule league, that you just can't you you just can't bench a guy because you don't want to play him. No, you can bench him. You can't you can't have him away from the team. 
Gotcha. You can't tell a guy you can't be here. Right. He's on the roster. He can be there. Now, he don't want to be there though. I'm well aware of that. Right. Then, like that's he's not going to do that to sit at home. Mm-hmm. The, either you move him or you play him. There is no in between here. The NFLPA will file a grievance. They will win. Mm-hmm. You're not going. That will make the Houston Texans look like even bigger of a joke than they already do. You can, so the Houston you Texans options. cannot tell Deshaun Watson you stay away until all this is done. Yes, they cannot do that. Okay. So it, and basically with Houston, you got two options. If he's on your roster, he's your starter. Mm-hmm. If not, you're morons, and mm-hmm. the whole league is going to call you that. It's going to make it more of a circus than it already is. So you have two choices: he's either not on your team or he's your starter. Tyrod Taylor basically just came out and said, "I'm going to be the starter of this team." What does that tell you? Tells you there's something, and and Houston, it has been everywhere. I mean, at this point, nobody cares about the Texans, so it's been very quiet, right? But I've heard this all week long. The Texans are still open to trading Deshaun Watson. Oh, yeah. Tyrod Taylor comes out and says this. What does it tell you? Always ask yourself when something comes out in the media, who wants you to know this? Mm-hmm. It's Houston Texans. Houston Texans want you to know that Deshaun Watson is still available. And it's weird. Um, what's today's date? It is June 4th. There you go. Which is three days after what? June 1st. And that's when all this started was on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. The Texans are still open for business. I bet I've heard 10 different People that do what we do yeah. say that over the last four days. Who wants you to know that? Mm-hmm. Used to use the Texans. Okay. To Rod Taylor, though, saying he's ready for the challenge. He's looking forward to the opportunity to starting games for the Houston Texans this year. And I, yeah, I, I, I had already chalked it up when the when the news first came out about Deshaun Watson and the the accusations. Before even reading another word, I thought, well, let's. Perfect opportunity for Tarod to get his next shot. Because <laughs> when he, when a guy doesn't want to be there, plus he's got all this stuff hanging over his head, I don't want him out there. And I think I would do everything in my power to keep from have, having that be a problem. And I think that's where the Houston Texans are at right now. God, can you imagine if they do pull this deal? If somebody does get in here and get this deal and all this stuff goes away, It might be one of the greatest steals in NFL history. Because Philadelphia Eagles, I mean, they'll have to give up, what, maybe a a first-round draft pick? It'd be a one and a conditional. Big difference. 25-year-old top five quarterback in the NFL. Big difference from the four ones and multiple players we were talking about two months ago. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It could end up being one of the biggest steals in NFL history. Wow. You're in the sports tank with me, Tank Spencer, and him, Jeremy Green, right here on ESPN Asheville. The girl them skillarty. Thunderball. Some give it to. Some give it to. Some give it to. To our girls. You're in the sports tank. The ceiling is the roof. Let's make it happen. Let's keep moving forward. I had to play this song for Jeremy because he's sweating over here. He's, he, his day started out horribly when yesterday I had turned off the AC in the uh, Wicked Weed studio. And this morning as we were doing the show, we got about an hour into it and it just went complete mug town. I, I want you to think about what he just said. It's 5,000 degrees outside. <laughs> the Wicked Weed Studios is a gigantic place. Yeah. It takes a minute to get cool. Mm-hmm. And by a minute, I mean the day. And on air this morning, he looked at me and went, I turned the heat on, and I went, I am going I to hurt you. 
I, uh, I had to turn the heat on yesterday because it was too cold. Yeah, you know what happens when you get cold? Put a sweater on! <laughs> I didn't have a sweater to put on. It was 60 degrees in there. I turned the heat on for like, it I wasn't don't know, 60 degrees 30 minutes. Tank doesn't apparently understand how oh thermostats work because there's two rooms. The thermostat's in one room. The studio is a big, uninsulated hole. Uh-huh. doesn't understand that the room with the thermostat in is the one that was 60 degrees. Now, if you're just okay, sitting in there, me. I understand why you were excuse cold. Excuse me. It was 64 degrees in the big cavernous space, and I turned the heat on for like 30 minutes just to make it not feel like an ice box in there, and then instead of turning the air back on, I turned it off, and nobody else touched it, and so that's what happened this yeah. morning. When it got warmer and it started getting 78 degrees at 10 o'clock this morning, it started heating up pretty good. Yeah, so thankfully I put a couple potatoes on my desk, and by Monday morning they'll be cooked. <laughs> it wasn't that hot in there. It was that hot. It was and it was that hot when I left, too. <laughs> and I was still angry. If anything, I was angrier than I was when it started. And then you came in here, and it's a little toasty in the studio in here. and so he's I'm just, tired of being hot. Overall, yeah. I'm, t- I'm real tired of being hot. Well, you know what? Um, maybe you'll get a break tonight. Uh, maybe some cooler weather will ease in tonight as we are enjoying the outdoor concert series at Silverado's out in Black Mountain right across from the Ingalls Warehouse. Get your tickets right now at silverado'swnc.com. Edwin McCain on the stage tonight. He's the headliner. Jeremy and I will both be out there enjoying the show. It's my first chance to get back out in a crowd with people and just the music. I, I just can't wait. Oh, I'm 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 beyond excited. Mm-hmm. This will be the first concert I've been to in almost two full years. I can't so even good. I can't even remember the last concert it I went to. So to. Just be able to, to just do stuff. And for a guy who averaged a concert a month at least for the last twenty years of my life, I'm ready. I'm itching and ready, and I have seen Edwin McCain probably twelve times in my life. And it's the every he does a great show. Of course he does. I saw him at Bell Share. Fantastic. That that should tell you how long ago this has been. I saw him at <laughs> Bell Share. I've seen him at Bell Share. I saw him at Be Here Now. Did you ever check that place out? No, you were too young for that place. Uh, Be Here Now down on Biltmore Avenue. Years ago, he used to show up for the Warren Haynes Christmas Jams every year. Um, and I've seen about I don't know seventeen Christmas Jams, and I think he's at every one of them. Uh, so. Anyhow, I'm really looking forward to tonight. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Check us out uh, at Silverado's, silverado'swnc.com for your tickets to tonight's show and the entire 2021 Outdoor Concert Series. I'm really looking forward to the Everclear show. Yes, uh, Everclear is coming to Black Mountain. I, I'm really looking forward to the Ying Yang Twins, personally, but that's just me. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Of course you don't. <laughs> On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. All right, this story comes to us from England. All the great things, all the stupid things seem to uh, happen in England lately. Um, Police, the Thames Valley Police got into a chase the other night, and uh, as they are trying to chase down this person, suspected on drug charges, uh, the driver, mid-chase, stops the car, gets out, flees on foot, 
runs into a building to hide, and the police were really, really excited about this. Because the place he ran into was the police station. He stopped his car in mid-chase, ran into a nearby building, and it just so happened to be the back entrance to the Ellsbury Police Station. He ditched his drugs when he got into the building. Apparently, they've been doing some remodeling or something in there. So, like, it wasn't obvious what kind of a building he was in when he went in. So he just started, like, stashing all of the drugs that he was hiding. And so they had to investigate, go find all of the little packages that he left all around. And lo and behold, the 25-year-old man from London is now facing drug charges. You know, I feel like this is one of those times where you need to know your surroundings. Maybe look around for a sign for what kind of building you're going into. Apparently, the back of this building just looked like a random warehouse. (laughs) And no, it was actually the Ellsbury Police Station. Uh, One of the things we love talking about on the show is what people buy for obscene amounts of money. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, I pulled two stories, and I thought one, nothing could beat one until I found something dumber. Oh, no. Uh, Last month, a 67-year-old artist named Salvatore Garot sold a, a sculpture. Okay. It was an immaterial sculpture. It Im- sold for $18,300. What is an immaterial sculpture? I'm getting ready to tell you. Okay. An immaterial sculpture, in Mr. Garo's mind, is something that doesn't exist. He sold nothing for $18,000. Somebody bought a, an imagined sculpture that doesn't exist for $18,000. No. I'm not making that up. No. I just shared that on my Twitter at Jay Green ESPN. Fake news. Nope, not fake news. 100% true. Fake news. It's an imagined sculpture, and it's supposed to be a vacuum of your mind, and it's a whole bunch of quotes, and it's it's just all stupid. But that was actually defeated by, I I can't in any way believe what I'm getting ready to say. I'm just going to read this verbatim. You do with it what you will. A McDonald's Chicken McNugget that bears a resemblance to the player characters in popular video game Among Us sold on eBay for just short of $100,000 on Tuesday. The McNugget, listed by eBay user Polizina, started at only $0.99. But after 184 bids, the item sold for $99,997. No way. The listing said the Among Us-shaped McNugget came from a McDonald's BTS meal, a combo meal inspired by K-pop band Uh BTS. I have no idea who that is. Yeah, I think they're Korean. I have no idea who that is. I, I think it is. The seller promised the nugget would be delivered in, I kid you not, edible condition. This fruit, this food product has an average expiration of about 14 days and will be delivered prior to expiration, according to the listing. 14 days? Uh, uh-huh. I mean, a chicken nugget's never lasted that long in my house, so. A chicken nugget doesn't last 14 seconds around you. I've seen it happen. <laughs> The eBay post caught the attention of the official Among Us account on Twitter, Uh which shared a link to the auction. The post received a reply from the official Xbox account, which suggested the nugget should come with a packet of McDonald's Szechuan sauce. I don't know what that means. I don't know what Szechuan sauce is either. I thought they only had like sweet and sour and barbecue and honey mustard. Wait, where was this? I I have absolutely no idea. Oh, okay. I was going to say, maybe it's like in the U.K. They still have Szechuan sauce Possible. over there. I don't know. I don't know what Szechuan I remember sauce they had, is. They, they, they had Szechuan sauce, um, I'm trying to think, like a year. Like 94, when Mulan came out. 
That'll just tell you how long ago this was. The the actual cartoon. And it was so good. It was just this Asian type sauce. It's so good. And then they got rid of it. Somebody bought a chicken nugget for a hundred thousand dollars. Which is stupid. And I'm looking at the chicken nugget just and look, uh-huh. you, you can assume in this studio, there's been a lot of chicken nuggets consumed over the years. Mm-hmm. I've probably eaten six that looked exactly like that. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Uh, if you're not a, if you're not familiar with what Among Us is, uh, I which I really, wasn't, I can't really explain it to you other than like it's it's just a game. It's like a social game on your phone. But they have these little characters that look like um, they look like the ghosts from Pac Man with little feet on the bottom of yep, them. That's exactly what this thing looks. And like. And that's exactly what this looks like. It's it's a chicken nugget that is just kind of in the shape of a rounded off um, uh, mailbox, like an actual postal service mailbox. This thing looks like every chicken nugget I've ever seen that doesn't have the boot. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of chicken nuggets look like a boot or yeah. like a Christmas like a, stocking. Like a Z or something, yeah. This looks like the fat round ones that are that are mostly ovule mm-hmm. with two feet on it. Mm-hmm. And somebody bought that for $100,000. Right. doesn't even have any markings on the front of nope. it like an Among Us character. Mm-mm. They no, didn't accidentally the... put eyes on it. They didn't do anything. It's just the silhouette shape. And it raised so many questions for me. The first, which I feel like somebody should have had to answer to do this story, for somebody who spends their money so frivolously, how did you have $100,000? Mm-hmm. You just spent... Here's a better way to get an Among Us chicken nugget. Yeah. Go to any McDonald's in the world. Just tell them, I want every McNugget that you have. Mm-hmm. You're going to get one that looks just like that! No doubt. And it's going to cost you way less than $100,000. And you can eat the rest. <laughs> You'll probably need a cardiac surgeon after you eat all the rest. But, yes, you will You will be able to get one for way cheaper than $100,000. Just call us and our morning show partner, Brian Haynes. We'll knock him out. The it's the dumbest thing. I love I love. Although I would rather chicken. spend $100,000 on that than I would one of these NFT things, that these like digital highlights that they're selling now for NBA games. If I accidentally hit the button that made me bid $100,000 on a chicken nugget, I would make a deal with them. I will give you 10000 cash, and I will let you hit me in the face with a baseball bat as hard as you want to. Because that would be less painful than cutting a check for $100,000 for a chicken nugget. Wait a minute. Who cuts checks these days? You still use paper checks? I'll Venmo it to them. I'll him. Venmo it to you. <laughs> you know what? I'll Venmo it to them, and I'll let them hit me in the face with a wiffle ball bat. Yeah. Uh, that, I feel like that one you'd have to write a paper check to and then, and then get out of town because you know it's going to bounce. Uh, for, for me? Yeah. You don't have $100,000 just sitting in your bank account. I didn't say 100 I said 10 Oh. I'll give you 10 and you can hit me in the face with a ball bat. <laughs> Done. I thought you said a hundred. No, if I had, act, well, I mean that would have been a problem because if I bid on that, I'd be like, well, not only did I spend a hundred thousand dollars on a chicken nugget, I just bounced a check that I feel like they're going to want their payment for. <laughs> no doubt about that. We got great news coming out of the world of the NFL. They have found a heart donor for the son of Carolina Panthers or former Carolina Panthers tight end Greg Olson, his eight-year-old son. Uh, they got the call, I guess, late last night, 
early this morning sometime that there is now a donor they and they have uh they have rushed him into surgery this morning to have the heart transplant uh the kids had just heart issues since birth already been through one transplant process they now have another one i have seen no update i don't know how long this surgery takes uh but Thoughts and prayers, absolutely. Fingers crossed that everything goes well on the operating table for TJ Olson, and hopefully this heart will last him a good long time. It was just, what, last week, week and a half ago maybe, that Greg Olson went out on on Twitter and was saying, hey, guys, just wanted to let you know that TJ's heart, it's near its end, and ultimately they're going to have to give him another one. Well, thankfully... Just after eight days of being on the donor list, they have found one. They are in surgery, and all of our good vibes are going out to the Olsen family today. Hopefully, this uh, procedure is going to be successful. I'd, I can't even imagine. Can't even wrap my head around having, you know, being in that position as a father of 10 year old children what greg olson is going through today but uh, again he's got all of our all of our good vibes going out to him and his uh, and his wife and the rest of their family damian lillard should he leave should he force his way out of portland one way or the other or is the fact that they haven't been able to win since he's been there partially his fault and would moving out of portland even help him in a quest for an NBA championship. Depends on where he wound up. Damian Lillard is a fantastic offensive player. Yes. I don't know that he could ever be the best player on a championship team because he is such a liability defensively. But what they've put around him in Portland is embarrassingly bad. He's been there nine years. Mm -hmm. And the best he's ever been given was C.J. McCollum. And it's not close. Right. Norman Powell might be too. That might be the second best player he's played with. And they just came up against a Nuggets team, and this is exactly what he said last night. We came up against a Nuggets team that didn't have their second best player in Jamal Murray mm-hmm. and didn't have probably their fifth best player in, in, in uh, Will Barton. Will Barton. I kept wanting to say Gary Harris. Yeah, I knew you did. And he's got a point. Mm-hmm. And he's 100% got a point. And he played super human basketball at times he was unguardable at times Mm -hmm. played 51 minutes in in the double overtime game five scored 55 points he can hit it from anywhere record for three pointers Mm -hmm. in a playoff game hit Mm -hmm. 12 Mm -hmm. still not enough and so and so he starts putting out lyrics of yeah i'm loyal but at what point you know how long can i stay loyal right I, I, i get it i get it with a star you have to put other stars around them Mm mm-hmm and the sheer fact of the matter is that Portland has not done a good enough job of putting players around him. And you've wasted the talent. Mm-hmm. And now he's at the point of, you know, it's it's go time or bust for Damian Lillard. What if Damian Lillard ended up in Miami? That doesn't make any sense. Why not? A, how would you get him? The money, what would come back? There's one place that makes all the sense in the world. Okay. New York Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I'm not going to disagree with you. 
Obviously, the Knicks need something. Well, and they have, and they need offensive they have firepower. Space. Yeah, and they need offensive firepower. Mm-hmm. They need a point guard mm-hmm. on and on down the line. Mm-hmm. Now, do I think that team could be a title contender with him? No, not really. But with Damian Lillard, could you could you get other stars to come play with him? Entirely possible. Still, the fourth best team in that in. The, <laughs> In that conference. Absolutely. With Damian Lillard. Well, I got news for you. There's not one, one of the premier teams. I don't know how you're going to end up there. I mean, you know, this has been a topic all day. If Damian Lillard needs out of of uh, Portland. Portland. Yeah. Okay, where is he going to go? He's not going to L.A. So let's just calm all that down. No matter how much Dennis Schroeder says, yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure they'll listen to offers for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> be Dennis Schroeder and the next 97 first-round picks of the L.A. Lakers. <laughs> With pick swaps every other year to not run a foul, a, a, a foul of the Stapian rule. Right. That won't allow you to give up too many consecutive first-round picks. You can't give up two in a row. Two in a row. But now teams have figured out, well, no, but we can do a pick swap. Uh-huh. Yeah, let's do that. Yep. I just don't see where he can end up. That's the bad thing, mm-hmm. is I don't see a place that makes sense. So you don't think that Miami can make the money work? Why don't you think that could work with him down there with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo? I mean, that seems like it would be could a perfect landing spot Could it work? Absolutely. What are you going to give up? Uh, did Victor Oladipo doing it for you? Uh, mm, I think so. Probably not. Tyler Hero? Uh, we're good. We saw what he yeah, was. So, sorry. You, you waited too long on Tyler Hero. I mean, they have pieces, yeah, but it's not enough to, it's not enough to do that. And they can't give up draft capital for what feels like a decade. Really? I think the first draft pick they can give up is when the league year rolls, I think they can give up a 2028 pick. That's the earliest first round because pick. Because they're they leveraged every other year. Jeez. Okay. I don't know. I just look at that team and I go, that's a place where Dame Lillard could be successful. Oh, I mean, it would be great. Mm-hmm. It'd be, there, there are a lot of places that would be great that have absolutely no path to getting him. I think New York is one. Uh, the Clippers are another one. That'd be great. Yeah, what are you going to give up outside of Kawhi Leonard, Paul George? Mm-mm. Nothing. Toronto? There's nothing. Toronto's bad. Toronto's a bad basketball team. Uh, I'll be honest with you. You think he's you, you think he's annoyed in Portland? Yeah, throw him throw, throw him <laughs> throw up Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam. See how irritated he is about a, a year from now. Well, Van Vliet's going to be a free agent this year. No, he's he? not. He got paid last year. Oh, did he? Mm-hmm. I thought he just had a one year deal Mm-mm. last year. Okay, I don't remember how long my this bad. deal was, but it was for right. a while. My bad. I'll, I'll, I can always admit when I'm wrong. I just I, I hate to see guys like this waste a career with a team and a franchise that will never win anything. That's why I've always I've never been hard on LeBron James when he went hopping when he went city hopping to win championships. I mean, this, this is, is what you got to do, point. right? That's what you got to do. Teams aren't built the same way they were back in the day. And stop it with the Michael never needed anybody. Yes, he did. He needed Scotty. He needed a lot. And yeah. Rodman. I mean, not a lot, but I mean, got, a couple of top 50 players in the NBA. Yeah, <laughs> that is quite a lot. Yeah, one of the 50 best players that ever played in the NBA. That's <laughs> nothing. Everybody has right. one of those. Right. Oh, he never played for a super team. Oh really? They never they never went out and got Dennis Rodman to make that team better. I don't you know the the bad thing to me is with Dame Lillard. There's one place that makes sense. It's the Knicks. His best friend is an assistant coach there. Uh, 
Uh, all, of, about that. all of the things in the world make sense about the Knicks. The problem is, I don't know how you'd get in there. Mm-hmm. You'd have to give up five ones to get in there. Would it be worth it? 100%. Okay. I thought we were going to argue about that for a second. No, because I was going to get ready to. I was getting ready to throw at you if you can contend for a title, especially if you're a team like the Knicks. It's been irrelevant. Well, and you also have to realize how many young players the Knicks have: mm-hmm. Emmanuel Quickly, R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson. I mean, Kevin Knox is still clinically alive. I think <laughs> draft picks. Yeah, I mean, there are things there. I'm telling you, there's going to be a superstar end up with the New York Knicks this offseason. I just don't know who it is. And I can tell you, the the Trailblazers have been eliminated for the playoffs for less than 24 hours, mm-hmm. and the Knicks have already called. As have the Heat, as have the Clippers. Wouldn't you? 100%. I've said forever, you get a star in this league. Now, what I said earlier, you need to draft two to put around them. Mm-hmm. If I can get one, I get one. Is there a spot like that? Is there a team that has good draft that needs, picks that needs a point guard? Uh, yeah, there there is one that makes all the sense in the world. New Orleans Pelicans. They have all the young guys. They have the superstar in Zion Williamson. Problem is, I think you'd have to give up the second star to get Dame Lillard mm-hmm. with every pick you have for eternity. You'd have to give up Ingram. And oh, you'd have to give up Ingram. You'd have to give up Lonzo. You'd have to give up all kinds of stuff. Right. It'd be the Anthony Davis deal in reverse. Mm-hmm. But to pair Lillard with, with Zion, oh boy, oh boy, that'd be that'd be fun. I mean, it could put New Orleans on the map. It could change that whole franchise. I feel like Dame is a guy that you give up a whole a boatload. You just back up the truck. You just need to have want. a second star. Yeah. Because I don't think he can be, and I think with Dame Lillard, he's one of those players that's in a, a weird. It's like the Joel Embiid Ben Simmons tier of you can be a one A and a one B, you can't be the one and somebody be the clear two, and you be a title team to me. Yeah, I think he could be a one A and one B with Zion with what I think he is going to develop into. Mm-hmm. I don't think he could be in New Orleans with Brandon Ingram and all of a sudden they're a title team. No, it's the same thing you're doing right now. Yeah. C.J. McCollum is a clear two to me. But I do believe if I had to bet an amount of money that matters to me right now, game one opening night of the 2021-22 NBA season, does Damian Lillard play in Portland or somewhere else? I'll take somewhere else for all the doubloons. I think he'll be the next guy to force his way out. I do Just too. the way James Harden did. Dame Lillard's going to say, you know what? Dame time, it's it's winning time. It's time for me to go somewhere else and try to make this thing happen. Because when you can pour in points like he can and you can hit them from everywhere on the floor, you got to be on a team with some stars. And it's obvious that Portland's just not going to put the power around him. I'll tell you another team. Just remember I said this. Okay. Boston Celtics. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. Now you're just trying to make me mad. Come on. Logan Paul, Floyd Mayweather. I wouldn't watch it if they if they housed that in my living room. <laughs> I would, not, I would not watch it. Come on. You're not pulling for Floyd Mayweather just to demolish Logan Paul and put an end to this thing. I'm pulling for both parties to get lost on the way to the arena so that it doesn't happen. Oh, my gosh. That's not going to happen. They, were, they, they locked eyes in a long, long face-off 
yesterday in front of the media. It it was like an it was like a full ninety seconds of just staring at each other. And honestly, the way that the, the from the camera angles I saw it, it had like the like it was just uh, going around them. It made it feel like it was a romantic movie, and one of them was going to reach out and kiss the other one. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I'm out. I you, just you want know what Floyd my pre- Mayweather to mop the floor with him. Yeah, you know what my prerequisite for fights is? What's that? For me to get invested in a fight? Yeah. Uh, there have to be two fighters fighting. <laughs> one of them's a YouTuber. But, I would rather watch you fight Floyd Mayweather. But Floyd Mayweather's like one of your favorite fighters. Uh, yeah. That's that's one fighter. So, I mean, we're halfway home. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the opponent is some schmuck from YouTube that I've that literally before three months ago, yeah, I had never heard of. Never. Okay. You could have told me he invented Mountain Dew right three months ago, and I'd have gone cool. Right. Second reference to Mountain Dew today, by the way. <laughs> I, I'm I'm interested. I'm looking forward to it. We've got the second round of the NBA playoffs kicking off tomorrow. You've got tonight, hopefully, uh, as we all think, the Dallas Mavericks are going to dispatch the L.A. Clippers to end the first round of the playoffs. The NHL Stanley Cup playoffs are still going on. The Hurricanes got a win last night. So that series is 2-1 to one now. There's a lot of things to be excited about. And I didn't even mention... It's Red Sox-Yankees weekend, man. How can you not be excited? Oh, how did I ever forget that? <laughs> I will be waiting with bated breath on and, Monday for you to tell me how that ended. Because uh, I wouldn't watch it if it was played in my backyard. And I'm going to. Uh, speaking of your backyard, there is live entertainment in your backyard tonight in Black Mountain, Silverado's across from the Ingalls Warehouse. Edwin McCain, gates open Right now, about three minutes away from the gates opening, show starts at 7 o'clock. Tickets still available at SilveradosWNC.com. I'll be there with bells on. I will as well. We will see you on Monday.